dozens of people are searching for a missing hiker in the gorge. 21-year-old Riley Zickel set out on an overnight hike by himself. Colorado County Sheriff's Office is searching for a missing hiker on the Olympic Peninsula. John and Trevor Higgins. The father and son were last seen Friday. They disappeared while hunting near Bear Camp Road above Agnes. 21-year-old Riley Zickel, the senior at Lewis and Clark College, and disappeared. An plea from friends of a woman who is missing right now in the Skamania County wilderness. She's 19 years old, Maureen Kelly. Searchers are looking for a 76-year-old farmer who did not come back from mushroom hunting near Grangeville. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Pacific Northwest Bigfoot Search Missing Persons Podcast. I'm your host, Tanner Hoskins, co-founder and lead investigator at Pacific Northwest Bigfoot Search. And today's podcast is going to be a little bit longer than usual. In the most part, it is due to the topic that is being discussed and my constant pursuit of improving the quality of this podcast itself. While discussing the statistics that come with the topic of missing children, I'll prevent myself from rambling off statistics by incorporating real-life cases that correlate with what is being shared with all of you. Today I will be sharing my search and rescue knowledge regarding lost children behavior. Most specifically, this will be toddlers aged 1 to 3 years old, and I'll be sharing stories of children who became lost and their outcomes. This topic can be very hard to hear. The thought of a child going missing in the wilderness is a nightmare for any parent, and one that I hope none of you listening to this podcast ever have to endure. If this topic unsettles you, please do not listen any further. As an avid outdoorsman and a parent to a son that I hope to pass a love for the outdoors down to, the topic of children going missing in the forest is a true nightmare scenario. I cannot begin to explain the lengths I would go to bring my child home. I would uproot every tree, drain every water source, and venture into every single cave in search of my child, pursuing every possibility of his whereabouts at any and all cost. I can't imagine what it feels like to be a parent of a missing child. In the course of collecting data regarding missing person cases in the Pacific Northwest, I must say that missing toddler cases are truly heartbreaking to stumble upon. The cases where a child simply vanished from a campsite, a hiking trail, or a closed RV makes the hair on the back of my neck stand on end and sends glaciers of ice through my veins. One such story that I've spent a lot of time reading about and reviewing is the devastating story of two-year-old Dior J. Coons Jr. I will be referring to Dior Coons as Coons Jr. because his father, who is mentioned later in this, is named Coons Sr. Little Coons Jr. vanished on July 10th, 2015 from the Timber Creek Campground in Lador, Idaho. Coons Jr. disappeared while camping with his mom, Jessica Mitchell, and dad, Dior Coons Sr., Dior's great-grandpa Robert Walton, and grandpa's friend Isaac Reinwand. According to the family, Coons Jr. had followed his mom and dad towards a creek they were planning to fish. They said it was about less than a football field from their campsite, but at some point, Coons Jr. decided that he wanted to stay with his great-grandpa, 
possibly due to the candy that Grandpa was known to carry. According to Jessica and Coon Sr., Coons Jr. turned around and headed back towards his grandpa while they continued to walk to the nearby creek. When they got back to camp, quote, a little while later, Coons Jr. was missing. Coons Jr. had been wearing a camouflage jacket, blue pajama pants, green and black checkered socks, oversized brown cowboy boots with light brown camouflage. Extensive searches of the area revealed no sign of Coons Jr.'s whereabouts. To this day, more than eight years later, not a single sign of the boy has ever been located. While this case has a lot of rumors circulating around what might have happened to Coons Jr., we have to go with what we know about the case, and until more information is made public regarding any type of criminal investigations, we have to assume that Coons Jr. wandered off. So what happens when a toddler ages one to three years old, wanders into the forest alone. The unfortunate part of toddlers going missing is that they have no concept of what it means to be lost. They have zero navigational skills and will aimlessly wander, making it just that more difficult to locate them than it would a lost adult. Most toddlers of this age range are attracted to wildlife and water sources, and if that didn't make matters worse, this age group can be extremely difficult to detect. They can and will typically enter small spaces, and if they're scared, they'll become extremely small if they desire to. Children this age will rarely respond to someone calling their name. Oftentimes, they'll choose to hide when they hear their name called. One thing that I was taught in search and rescue training is that we need to check all structures caves, fallen trees, thick vegetation, anything that you could imagine would be a shelter for a small kid to get into needs to be checked. The area around it and the structure itself needs to be searched extensively. Think how small a two-foot-tall human can make themselves. Now, also 29% of lost toddlers will be located in some type of structure. When you're searching for signs of a missing toddler, it's also important that everyone involved views the landscape from that child's perspective. Kneel down. See what's around you at their height. Also, in my search and rescue training, we were taught to check target locations. These are places where a toddler has previously visited with their parents or other loved ones. It can be locations where the toddler knows that if the place has water, such as creeks, ponds, and rivers. It can also be locations or structures that they have had fun in or around. Most locations that should be checked are close to where the child vanished from. 25% of missing toddlers are found within one-tenth of a mile from where they disappeared. 50% are located within a quarter mile. 75% are located within a half a mile and 95% are located within 2.8 miles from their last known position. Holy crap, 2.8 miles can be a long distance for a 2 foot tall, 30 to 40 pound toddler to venture. That distance is somewhat of an outlier, and it's important to note just how many hours 
a toddler will roam and trek before hunkering down. According to successful search and rescue operation statistics from 2019, which is the newest information I could locate, 75% of missing toddlers trekked for two hours or less before deciding that they needed to hunker down. An astonishing 20% of toddlers traveled for more than four and a half hours before finding a place to hunker down at. A two-foot-tall, 30- to 40-pound toddler on their own roaming for four and a half hours. I don't know if that's amazing or terrifying. Now, unlike adult hikers and hunters that become lost, toddlers do not have a general elevation that they aim for or stay around. Most toddlers' behavior is aimless and has no patterns whatsoever. To back up that statement, we look at the statistics also found in search and rescue operations. 33% of lost toddlers are found uphill. 36% of lost toddlers are found downhill. 31% are located at or very close to the same elevation that they disappeared from. Now, with any statistics, there are outliers to this. One such case that is an outlier is the October 2021 case out of Magnolia, Texas, where a three-year-old boy vanished from his family's home after chasing the neighbor's dog around the front yard. The boy was missing more than 18 hours when a good Samaritan recovered the boy while searching a wooded area five miles from where the toddler had gone missing. The toddler was found alone, uninjured, and in good spirits. Five miles a three-year-old traveled. That's astonishing. Another case, similar to that of the Magnolia, Texas case, is that of another three-year-old boy who wandered away from his family farm in North Dakota in 2014. I'll refer to this child as Carson, just because I want to keep their privacy private. Carson vanished from his family farm with his three-year-old golden retriever in May 2014 and was found one mile from his home with the family dog. Search and rescue personnel had combed the area, and as midnight rolled around, a storm rolled in, dropping heavy rain and sending temperatures in the search zone plummeting. At about 2 a.m., search and rescue personnel were heading back to base camp to warm up and dry off when one rescuer decided to go crest a hillside and shine his light into a drainage. That's when they noticed the family dog standing on an embankment across from him. When personnel arrived at the location, they found Carson hunkered down in some thick brush and was using the family's dog to stay warm. Another successful search and rescue operation in the books. When a toddler is found during a search and rescue operation, the child is typically sleeping or hiding in a structure or other thick brush. After being located, 87% of toddlers are usually found uninjured. 6% have suffered some type of injury. 6% are located, unfortunately deceased. And 2% who get lost are never found, such as Coons Jr. So what does all this mean for our team when it comes to searching locations where a child is vanished in the wilderness? First off, we will never investigate any disappearance that law enforcement suspects involves foul play. 
This is due to too many variables that come with a suspected homicide case. Second, as these statistics show, searching for missing toddlers is just that much more difficult. There is more ground to cover. Every rock and tree needs to be looked over. And every pocket of thick vegetation needs to be thoroughly searched for clues and signs of the missing. When our team of four hits the trails, it takes a lot longer. And it's more challenging for us than that of a full search and rescue party of 50 or more personnel. One case in particular that shows the difficulty of locating a lost toddler is the case of a three-year-old boy named Jared Atadero who vanished on October 2nd, 1999 while on a hike with a church group on the Big South Trail in Roosevelt National Forest. Roosevelt National Forest sits 60 miles west of Fort Collins, Colorado. The trail the group decided to take was 11 miles long and sat at an elevation of 8,440 feet in the very rugged Comanche Peak Wilderness. This wilderness is in close proximity to the Rocky Mountain National Park, where an unprecedented cluster of missing person cases reside. Jared's dad, Alan, had been reluctant for Jared to go on the group trip, but because Jared's older sister was going, Alan decided it was okay for Jared to tag along. It's reported that after starting out at the trailhead, the group of 11 hikers split into two groups, one fast-paced group and one slower-paced group. About a mile and a half into the hike, Jared reportedly ran ahead of the slower group where he located two fishermen who thought Jared was with the group of people about 80 feet ahead of him on the trail. The fishermen watched as Jared took off at a rapid pace up the trail behind the first group. It is believed that these fishermen are the last two people to see Jared alive. A little bit after Jared ran ahead, some members of the hiking group reported hearing a playful scream of a small child, as though someone was, quote, about to tag him. The time frame of when Jared was last seen to when the group realized Jared was missing is fuzzy, but once the group realized that Jared had disappeared, they searched the trail for about an hour before two people returned to the resort and notified Alan and contacted law enforcement. For nearly four years, no one knew what happened to Jared. It was on June 4, 2003, when two hikers from Fort Collins, Gary Watts and Rob Osborne, who had participated in the search and rescue mission for Jared in the weeks after his disappearance, were back in the area hiking off trail when they stumbled upon a white Tarzan tennis shoe on a rocky slope about 500 vertical feet above the Big South Trail. The shoe was found approximately one and a half miles uphill from where Jared had last been seen alive. Watson Osborne immediately knew who the shoe belonged to. They looked around the area and discovered Jared's clothing. The next day, Sheriff's Office officials returned to the site and located additional clothing scattered across a 25-foot radius. Prior to Watson Osborne's search, Larimer County Search and Rescue had never ventured up where these articles of clothing were located at 9,120 feet. This is in part because Search and Rescue didn't believe a child of Jared's size would traverse that type of elevation ascent nor travel that amount of distance. Therefore, they never searched the area. 
Jer's death certificate states that his cause of death is unknown, but is probably caused by a mountain lion attack. Though no blood was ever located on his clothing, and no sign of an animal attack was readily noticeable. Whatever happened to Jared between October 1999 and June 2004 may never be known. Some people do believe that he was attacked by a mountain lion. Some believe he was abducted by a person. But whatever happened to Jared remains a puzzling mystery and an outlier for missing toddler statistics. So, what can you do to help your child prepare for becoming lost? You can teach them these four things to improve their possibilities of being located. Teach them to stay calm. Teach them to stay put and hug a tree in a clearing if possible. Teach them that they need to stay warm. Find a spot out of the wind and rain, but try to remain as visible as possible if they're lost in the woods. And one thing children love the most, teach them to be as noisy as possible. Teach them to yell, blow whistles, just be loud. Teach them that if they become lost, they should be as loud as they possibly can. That's all I have for you guys today. I research these topics. I invest a lot of time into reading every single case that comes our way. And believe it or not, in the three years that I've been doing this, talking about missing children is still one of the hardest things to do. I hope you've learned something from today's podcast. But if you have any questions, please write to us at pnwbigfootsearch at gmail.com. This concludes our episode for this week. And again, we hope that you learned something from this week's episode. And as always, please remain vigilant when you're recreating in the beautiful outdoors of the Pacific Northwest and beyond. You never know when you may locate something that could bring answers and closure to a grieving family.